Hello and welcome to TBC Equipped. We are a ministry of Trinity Baptist Church in Norman, designed as a resource to help you engage your culture and evangelize the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. My name is Curtis Winkle, and uh, this will be our last episode for 2019. So uh, we had a lot of fun doing this. We've gotten a lot of good feedback. Appreciate that. And so grateful for you, wherever you are listening. Um, so please enjoy this episode as we talk about neighboring with Jen Jackson and Sarah, uh, Sarah Kennedy. And we'll talk to you again in January. In Matthew 22, Jesus says the, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And he says the second, second greatest commandment is to love our neighbor as ourself. And there's been a lot of ink spilled about who that means. Does that mean our our all humanity, our state, our city, but we can agree, I think, that at the very least it means our actual neighbor. And so that's what we want to talk about today is loving our actual neighbor. So Ryan, we have a couple guests with us today. Why don't you introduce them? Yeah, so today uh, we're pretty blessed to have Jennifer Jackson and Sarah Kennedy with us. And the reason they're going to be joining us today is they both have done a really good job of taking initiative and doing some things with their neighbors in their neighborhoods where God has led them to live. And so we wanted to hear kind of how that came about and what they're doing. Yeah. So hi, ladies. Hi. How are you? Hello. Good. Good. Okay. So I thought we'd split this up kind of in half. So I thought the first half we'd talk about just where we are as a society, modern culture. What is it? 2019. So some of the challenges that we face just being good neighbors, loving our neighbors. What are the, what are the hindrances to that? And then the second half, we talk about some ideas, some strategies, some specific specific things you guys have seen that have been successful in your neighborhoods. All right, so so some challenges. I I, I uh, picked up this book that I read a little while ago uh, called The Art of Neighboring by Jay Pathak and Dave Runyon, and they did some a lot of different studies and different churches. And uh, here's one of the the stats that they found that was striking. They they asked people if they could name eight of their neighbors, just neighbors in the surrounding um, neighborhood. And only 10% of people could name, first name, last name, anything, only 10% of people could name eight of their neighbors. Uh, so I thought that was pretty pretty convicting. So I had to make my own list and I don't, I think I fell short as well. So so why is that? If, if, if it's true that you know people used to know their neighbors better, and, and that may or may not be true, but but what are some of the challenges that we face just getting outside and getting to know our neighbors? Jen, I'll start with you. Um, well, I think people are just busier, or they um, involve themselves in more activities that are outside the home and outside the neighborhood, and so they just aren't home as much. Hmm. Um, also, in our neighborhood, the kids all go to different schools. Some go to charter schools private schools, the local school, or they transfer to another public school. Um, And so we don't really have that connection with the local school either. Yeah. Um, Yeah. People work long hours, get home in time to eat dinner and watch TV, go to bed. Mm -hmm. So I think all those are things that we've seen in our neighborhood. Yeah. Busyness. Yeah. Sarah, what do you think? Yeah, I'd say uh, in some ways it's just, it's not really a priority to a lot of people these days. It's, just similar to what Jen said in busyness, it's not it's not a priority in the midst of a busy life. Somehow it became uh, just became not a priority anymore. And I think that um, one of the reasons for that is that even as Christians, often we don't prioritize our neighbors. And I think that that can 
be a way of just saying like we don't really see purpose in the people that God has literally put us next door to. Um, And that's something that I've been convicted of often and want to continue to grow in. Yeah. Yeah. So busyness, uh, the fact that it's just not a priority. And and it seems like maybe so it, it, it used to be a pretty probably a safe thing just to mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. make sure you know everybody that you live around. And um, now it's become less and less of a priority just for practical purposes. But for Christians, it seems like it should still be a, according to Matthew 22, it should still be a big priority. What are some other challenges you guys can think about? I think one, you know, that we don't think about all the time is that often when you look back, it was kids that were the connectors hmm. and, Kids are way busier. It's not just that society is busier, but kids are way busier, way younger, way more activities, that kind of deal. Yeah. But the other thing is just from a safety standpoint, I mean, you even at our age, so like we range in here from mid-30s to mid-40s. Growing up, man, we would be gone all day in the summer. Mm-hmm. You know, go play, go ride your bike, be gone. You're in your neighborhood. You're with neighbors. That kind of stuff just isn't happening very much anymore. You know, parents have a lot more control. Uh, kids, you know, for safety reasons, don't go as far, you know, that kind of deal. So I think that's a huge thing that you just lose a lot of those connections without, without the kids. Yeah. I'm curious to so see you guys growing up. Did you, do you feel like you knew or your parents knew neighbors around? Definitely we did. Yeah. Um, we had, well, a lot of, we went to a school that was not in our neighborhood. So mm-hmm. a lot of our friends um, were not directly in our neighborhood, but mm-hmm. we also probably my parents made a point of it, but we also knew all the kids on our street. Yeah. Rode our bikes up and down. Yeah. For sure. Where was that at? Texas. Yeah. Yeah. And then I I definitely remember we knew our neighbors pretty well. Like I remember there being times of us helping them out in various ways, them helping us out, playing with the kids. And of course we were kind of a phenomenon with some like seven kids (laughs) in our family. So it was kind of fun for the kids in the neighborhood to be around because there was always someone to play with. Um, But also just to, to go along with what you were sharing, Ryan, I think that one of the, things that keeps us from it, especially as Christians, honestly, is like fear of what we're exposing our kids to possibly. Mm, yeah. um, say you invite a family over for dinner, totally unpredictable, how they're going to be talking, what they're going to be loving and prioritizing in the conversation. And I think that that feels kind of hard too. So. Yeah, no, that's, that's really big. That's uh, We've had kids spend the night and, and <laughs> the first time this happened, it was like, he's got a phone. <laughs> I was like, okay. So we, uh, we said, all right, uh, buddy, at, at our house, you know, the rules are the uh, the phones stay in the living room, you know, and, and we plug them in at night and, and they don't go to bedrooms and some of those things. And so we've had to uh, enforce some of those even on kids coming over. But, yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point. Um, sometimes even kind of keeping going on the safety thing, sometimes kids, I think, or parents would, would rather them because of that fear, would rather their kids stay home and stay inside and play yeah. video games. That's mm-hmm. a quote unquote safer thing. Yeah, it's it's safer and, and it's also easier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean it that requires way less work, right? Yeah. So we several of the kids on our street, this is kind of going more to the solution yeah. than the problem, but um well everybody has a ring doorbell for one thing. Yeah. So I think everything out on the street is being recorded. <laughs> I mean we don't have one, but I think all our neighbors have one. And yeah. then um the other thing is several of the kids have what are called relays and okay. they wear them around their neck or put them in their pockets, basically like a glorified walkie talkie. Uh-huh. And so they'll be at our house and the parent, you'll hear the parent's <laughs> voice. 
time to come home for dinner. And yeah. the kid says, oh, and the parent says, I mean it. And then, <laughs> and then they leave, you know, and so That's they, cool. and it has GPS on it and everything. So they huh. kind of can keep track of them that way. So people are getting creative. Yeah. I think and dealing with the modern, modern world. Do you guys have those? We don't Not because yet. again, it's kind of like, well, every other kid has one. <laughs> so if I need to say something, I'll just text that parent. Like, awesome. <laughs> and honestly, movie. they're mostly at our house. So it works out. I was thinking even about um, the design of modern homes and area. I mean, my house was built in 79 and it's, it's like this. And so there's not a big porch. Um, there's covered garages. Uh, thank God it has climate control and I can do heat and I can do uh, air conditioning, um, which is really, really handy in the Oklahoma summers and winters. Um, my backyard is much bigger than my front yard. And so it's, it's much more inviting or I'm nudged to toward driving in the garage and shutting it, turning on the air conditioner when I come inside. If I want to play or do something with the kids, well, the backyard's bigger. We can throw the football around there. Um, so we've tried to start thinking about some of those things and like, well, I mean, when I was growing up, we played in the street, but football right. in the street all the time and so tried to throw it over the power lines and some of those things. Um, <laughs> really, really safe stuff. Now thinking about it, playing in the street, thrown over the power lines, but <laughs> maybe, maybe not quite as safe physically, but, but better for you. Dare I say spiritually or, yeah. or socially. Um, anything else, any other, other challenges before we flip to solutions? Go ahead, sir. I was just thinking about independence. I mean, I think that that's such a push mm -hmm. in our culture and society. And I think that it, it definitely affects the church and like our view of community, um, but also the neighborhoods in regards to just needing each other. We feel bad or we feel like it would be weird to ask our neighbor for some sugar if we need it now, like yeah. much, much different than in the past. Um, just a more of a common understanding of us needing people in our lives and, and wanting to pursue relationships with the people that are near us. And I think connected to that is technology too, right? I mean, like in so many other ways, like, just you know like you didn't hop in your car and run to get sugar because there weren't 20,000 options of where to buy sugar five minutes away mm -hmm. you know I mean you yeah. and you may have only had one car and that may have been with dad at work you know and so uh technology both with vehicles and yeah. just accessibility and then also the phones I think have in one way broadened our world we're connected to thousands of things mm -hmm. but the same way shrunk them to where you know, when you think about Amazon and Grubhub and these places, I mean, you never have to leave your house and have everything that you wanted where you used to have to leave and be really out there to get those things. That's right. Mm -hmm. And even just community itself, right? There's, right. there's digital communities yeah. that you can plug into that you know are, you know, or you can find ones that have similar interests and so on. Not necessarily a completely bad thing. I mean, for instance, I mean, if you want to talk to your friends about the ministry in their neighborhood, you used to have to like set up a meeting. <laughs> And talk to your friends about how they do in the neighborhoods. Now they're just going to listen right. to this podcast and take care of it, right? Oh, man, right. Yeah. 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 So this will be our last podcast. <laughs> Signing off. There's a, a, a book by Bruce Ashford. No, I forget the name of this book now. How to do with with this subject? But he talked about um, the way uh, sitcoms have tried to kind of fill that space that used to be filled by your neighborhood where so like even the theme song of cheers is where everybody knows your name you know and you come to cheers and you watch these people in this neighborhood pub blah 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 um 
similar thing with friends. I can't think of the friends theme song now, but uh, I'll be there for you. Uh, so anyway. Okay. So second half of the second half of the pod now ideas, solutions. How about some specific things just starting off, Sarah? How about you? Some things you've tried. You haven't been in your neighborhood very long. So how have you gotten to know people or have you gotten to know people and uh, what's worked? Yeah, I've gotten to know uh, several neighbors. I would say a lot of it really has just been through having people over for dinner, um, hanging out out in the street, our kids playing together. Um, so we're doing some of the dangerous street hanging out too. Yeah, right. Um, and yeah, I, I would just say a lot of it has started that way. And then we say, Hey, we would love to get to know you guys more. Uh, please come on over for dinner. And we just try to, sometimes it's hard work to get a good time for both families. Mm -hmm. Um, but we try to make it work. Uh, the last couple of Halloweens, we've tried to, um, be outside and we, last year we had, had some food we were offering to people this year. It was so cold that we went ahead and did hot drinks and popcorn. Yeah. And actually it just proved to be, even though it was cold and there weren't as many people, it was actually really a great way to, to be talking with people um, hanging out with them um, since they were coming to our door anyway. Yeah. Um, and then one thing that I had done when I lived in Louisville and haven't gotten to do here yet, but I'm hoping that we're going to do this year is uh, just have some sort of a Christmas party, uh, whether that be, having our neighbors' families over um, kind of our street, probably definitely not our whole neighborhood, but um, but then also I've thought about just doing one for the women and just having them over and having that be a fun time of getting to know each other more and even having, trying to have a bit of an intentional time of like, oh, what do you, what do you look forward to about Christmas or what do you like about it? And that could be an opportunity in that way of sharing briefly, just like why Christmas matters to me. Um, so those are just some, some thoughts and some ways that it has looked for me. Nice. What about you, Jen? Well, several years ago, I, I was convicted about not loving people. Um, so I'm not talking about family, friends, but just in general, you know, we are supposed to love our neighbor. Well, I didn't, I really didn't care about my neighbors. Um, so I started, and actually this is a different neighborhood in case any of my current neighbors hear this. No, <laughs> no I'm kidding. But, um, so I started just praying that God would help me to love people yeah. because I, I knew I wasn't. And, so when we moved to our new neighborhood, uh, like three and a half years ago, we both, Pete and I both really wanted to be intentional in getting to know people. And so we, we had a Christmas drop in the, at the first Christmas after we moved in and we had 38 people show up and it was like 15 degrees outside. Wow. So they were all stuffed in our house. Yeah. And I was like, wow, people are really, people do want community. They yeah. want to know their neighbors because huh. we were the new people in town right? and so are on the street. And so they, they all came. And so that was great as far as we at least knew names and faces. Yeah. We could wave, you know, we didn't get to know anybody yeah. intimately that night, it was, but it was great for everybody. And yeah. I think it kind of started mm -hmm. a sense of community, yeah. community on our street. Um, and then, we make a point of being out in front rather than in back. Mm -hmm. And I, Pete's a front porch kind of guy, yeah. personality wise, and I'm a back porch yeah. personality wise. Is that like extrovert, introvert? Uh, I guess so. I like to use front porch, back porch. Yeah, I like that. Introverts get a bad rap. So yeah, they I do. Yeah. 
Um, no, it's the difference. Like, hey, how are you versus mind your business kind of deal, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd, honestly, if left to my own devices, I'd sit on the back porch and read. Yeah, me too. And be yep. perfectly happy. But that's not what we're called to. Not to say there's anything bad about the back porch and reading, but I know that God is calling me to more than that. Mm-hmm. And if I'm supposed to love my neighbor, I need to know my neighbor. Mm-hmm. So um, it does help being married to a front porch person, but yeah. we have um, we have really made that a priority. And and I read a book called You Who by Rachel Jankovic. Okay, yeah. And she, um, there, it's a really good book just for a lot of reasons, but she actually addresses in one um, chapter about personality. And she says, basically, you know, God created us. He didn't, he knew he created me an introvert. That's how he wanted me to be. And he also knew that he commanded me to love my neighbor and that would require me to be on the front porch. So that is something, my personality is something that I can give up and offer to him. And I thought that was a really cool way of looking at it. Yeah. It's he gave me something to give back to him. Yeah. And so that's how I've tried. Like I've tried to shift my mindset. Yeah. Even if it's more tiring for me to do that, right. he knows I'm tired and he's the one who gives me strength. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't, that's not even, it shouldn't even really be in the equation. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just started doing that and we'll just, sometimes we'll <clears throat> sit on the tailgate of Pete's truck. We have a ton of kids in our neighborhood. Yeah. So they're constantly swarming around. Yeah. And we have parents who are engaged and involved in their kids' lives. So they're wandering around. Have you seen my kid? I mean, you know, <laughs> there are just a ton of opportunities yeah. through the kids in the neighborhood right. to get to know people. Yeah. And so I think that's been the best thing for us. And I know not everybody lives in a neighborhood like that, but God put us there. And we happen to have kids these kids' ages. And so that has been a really, really good ad- avenue for us. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, like, this summer – I stocked up the fridge yeah. in the garage yeah. and like had all these snacks uh-huh. and <clears throat> was just more than happy to have all 10 kids in my house yeah. because I feel like that really ministers to the parents and, um, and it's, it's great. I mean, it, to the kids too. I yeah. mean, you know, they love for someone to be they interested in them and feed them, you yeah, know, for sure. <clears throat> so I think those things were, were really big. Also, just for me, like getting over, you know, not having makeup on and not having the house clean. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter. Just looking at neighbors as family yeah. and welcoming welcoming them in whenever it might be. Yeah. So you, you had 38, <coughs> uh, 38 people show up. Did you have, did you send out flyers or what was the... Um, I think on that one, no, I think we just put little flyers in their mailboxes. Yeah. It was just our street. It was like you know, 15 houses. Yeah. Or... That's awesome. That's, yeah. that's, that's really cool. Yeah. It shows the hunger there for, yeah. for that kind of community. Um, One other thought I have on that. Is that okay? Can we go there? No. Um, <laughs> oh, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just that a little bit seems to really go a long way. Mm-hmm. Like because being neighborly isn't as common or yeah. prevalent these days. Um, even recently, a few weeks ago, when we had a couple that had just moved into our neighborhood, um, we had taken some cookies over and talked to them when they first moved in and then uh, had them over. And they were just kind of seemed floored that we invited them over. And he was from the Northeast and said, like, this doesn't even happen. Yeah. You know, just it, it felt so rare. And yet, 
as it's becoming more and more of a habit, it's just like, oh, that that doesn't have to be a rare occasion or occurrence mm-hmm. of just entering each other's homes. And just like Jen is saying, I feel like just the idea of hospitality in our culture has yeah. also shifted in in hard ways because you're you're actually trying to impress more often rather than just share what you have. Yeah. Um, and as our, I think as our mindset changes on just our homes, what they're for, what our goals are with yeah, living sure. where we are, um, then it really can help help shift our mindset. And, and then just simply, I think, saying hi right. <laughs> to your neighbors, waving at them when you, you're leaving the neighborhood, they're coming in, uh, just trying to be friendly and yeah. warm towards them. Yeah, I think one thing that gets overlooked in this sometimes, too, is we think of this and we think like, wow, I'm going to do this for somebody else. But these relationships also really benefit, you know, us as well. You know, like uh, my youngest daughter, Malia, is adopted African-American. And so there's a bunch of little girls on our street and they just, you know, kids are they don't see any of that. So they just welcome her. She's just another little girl. But these parents have welcomed Malia into their home, you know, and so it's been a great ministry, you know, to us even, you know, just how they welcomed her, you know, and, but part of that is just the reciprocation, you know, like kind of like you were saying, you know, like it drives me nuts sometimes, but Kara's great about it. But like in the summertime when I've got five or six extra little girls, mm-hmm. you know, eating popsicles in my house, it's like deafening. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, it is really good. And then that happens, you know, when our kids go places. So um, it's not just like, what are we doing? For others, it's like what God's going to do in those relationships for us as well. I think there's some real benefit there. Yeah, I've got a. You, you were talking about hanging, being outside, just hanging outside, sitting on the truck. There's a, a gentleman that lives next door to us, Dave, who's in his 70s, and he's taught me so much about this because, you know, our my conversations tend to be transactional, and so hey, can you do this for me? Hey, I've got this done. Hey, I'm going to text this guy about this or whatever. And Dave. Um, the, the conversation can just drag on, but not in a, a bad way. Like he, I can say, Hey Dave, got to go, got to go. And it's, it's great, you know, but we will talk about a subject, you know, the lawns or whatever. And then there'll be this pregnant pause and we'll just kind of look around, look down the street, you know, look down the other way. And then something else will come up, you know, and, and that, that struck me when he, we first moved in a few years ago, um, how rare that was in my life, just a, a, a ongoing conversation that wasn't, like I said, transactional. It was just kind of getting to know one another and just talking about, about the day, which, which, uh, which, yeah, I think is really healthy and, and good for the soul in a lot of ways. But have you guys, since y'all have tried different things and ministering to your neighbors, I mean, y'all both shared some things about being really intentional. Have y'all had bad responses? Have y'all had anyone who kind of just, pushed you away or didn't really want to have anything to do with it? Has there been any negative that you've had to, any awkwardness maybe that you've had to walk through as you've tried this? Sir? Yeah, not, not in any big way. I mean, I just think you feel at points kind of the work of relationship for sure. Just of, of there being moments like, Oh, what are we going to, you know, what are you going to talk about next? And like you say, I mean, something comes up and it's going to be good, but I think uh, they aren't people like you maybe meet at church and assume you have all of these certain things in common with. Um, But also I think there's, there's even in our culture, there's like certain things that seem more appropriate and okay to bring up earlier on in a relationship than others. And so kind of keeping it 
at appropriate yeah. levels. And, and I think, yeah, something mm-hmm. something to keep in mind with this whole conversation is like in the midst of pursuing neighbors, you don't want to be a creepy neighbor. <laughs> like you don't want to be always right at their door when they open their door. Right. Like, because uh, right. that could get really annoying and old. Right. <laughs> but I was just thinking about, oh, yeah, that could, could feel really awkward. But I do think, um, I think it's just important to, uh, to be okay with doing that work and knowing, okay, these aren't people that I'm necessarily going to already have a lot in common with, mm-hmm. but uh, just because out of trust in God that yeah. he's put us next to them, like we can love them and show them that love and extend that to them. I would say, I mean, I think just the busy schedules are probably like the the thing we've come up against the most yeah. of just like the work of trying to even get together is just hard. And it, it's not, it doesn't seem to be like, Oh, they, they don't want to come over for right. dinner. It's just that sometimes like it just takes a while to work it out. So it's not always on our timetable or like what our ideal would be in that way. We've noticed that uh, sometimes it's, it's the informal that actually, you know, it's mm-hmm. the, yeah. the girls are riding bikes down the cul-de-sac and the dads are out in the street, yeah. you know, talking, we didn't plan it, but it ends up being 30 or 40 minutes, yeah. you know, just standing. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, rather than if we tried to plan something specific, that may be really harder to line up. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, well, the recap. So I just wrote down kind of as you guys were talking, just some ideas. So uh, throw a party, right? Use holidays. You guys talked about Halloween and Christmas. Uh, drop some flyers in the box and, and have parties. It's a great, great opportunity to get to know people. you got a reason to do it. Uh, and I can build some momentum towards future community events. Uh, number two, Ron, you just hit on this. Just hang out outside, right? Just make the time to hang out out front and, and say people's names. I heard this years ago that uh, everyone's favorite word in the English language is their own name. And I've hung on to that and thought, uh, I really I think that's true. And so I try to say that. We've got some neighbors who are like real hermits, and we've tried to reach out. And one across the street, they're in their yard all the time. And so I'm always like, hey, Jerry. Hey, Jerry. Hey, man, how's it going? Hey, Jerry. And... uh just as you know, not not all at once. This is like several days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With my wife. That's yeah. what I was talking about. Yeah, that's that's okay. the violation of Sarah's <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm not chasing him in the garage, but just when I see him, I try to say his name and remember names. Uh, I'm pretty sure he doesn't remember my name, you know, but he'll at least wave. Um, food, right? So have food available. Take food around. Seasonal baking's awesome. Um, have food available for for kids in the neighborhood. Um, uh, one I wrote down from earlier, uh, it's from this book, Art of Neighboring. He says, uh, you know, especially in our town, right, football is huge. Sports are big in this region. And so he said there's often people hanging out about 100 feet from your door watching the exact same thing on TV that you're watching. Why not invite them over, you know? And so so game day is a good idea to have have some people over. And I love what you said, Jen, about desire. Um, I, I sense that intensely because I'm an introvert, too, and just that. So if, if this is an area that you're struggling with, I've seen this in, in my life in so many areas where I just am honest with God and go, man, this is just not, I don't, I don't want it. I don't want to do this right now. Um, and so praying for the Lord to change mm-hmm. our hearts and change our desires, I've seen the blessing and that I've seen him do that. Mm-hmm. And you've seen that too. So um, anything else you guys recapping their thought about i think what's another interesting thing about this is like how good it is for our kids to see and learn this as well um you know one thing's and we haven't done a great job with our neighbors but we're trying and we for the last several years we take christmas gifts like we bake and take stuff so it's a fun night the night before with the kids like everyone is helping cook and make and package these things 
then we walk around and that's when you know your teenagers with great attitudes already are like do we do we have to go you know and I, my phone. that's right yeah and uh but every time we get stopped at these doors and it's that kind of deal it's conversations that you wouldn't have expected all because you're handing someone you know something that was really fun for your family to do and so i think people are really you know i've never heard anyone say no i don't want your christmas gift right you know kind of deal right and uh I think they're way more open than we assume a lot of times. And I think then they identify you with the church or with God. And so if they did have some kind of big trauma in their Mm -hmm. life, you know, maybe they would come to you. I'm actually this before about like one of my neighbors is a guy I'm really praying for and trying to get on spiritual conversations has been very difficult. Like kind of a, not shut down, but just, you know, the conversations will end if you move very, but, um, the issue of like in-laws and relationships because he sees our parents at our house all the time. Mm-hmm. And so he just brought up a couple of questions about boundaries and things like that and how to communicate that. And I was like, all right, this is a step in the positive direction. Cause I was able yeah. to do a couple things. One to say, I have no idea, man. You know I mean? That's a really tough deal. And, yeah. uh, and, uh, but one's just like, okay, that was a good, that gave me some confidence and, and some things about like, okay, I feel like if crises happened, he would come, or be willing to look this way. Yeah. And maybe that would be the door for the gospel. And another thought for me would just be just in summary, like try to treat these people as you would want to be treated and just be, try to be normal relationship, like pray for them. Like we hope to be each other, reach out to them, follow up with them. If you know of something going on that's important in their life um, help them, welcome them into your life and world. Um, I think all of those are just, it's, it's just important to do this and not actually as hard as we think it is um, beforehand. And then I actually have a book to recommend yeah. um, by Rosaria Butterfield, The Gospel Comes with a yeah. House Key. Um, I, that, I read it about a year and a half ago, and it really has been uh, very helpful for me in thinking through this, this realm and issue. And she gives a lot of examples that are not how my neighborhood life is right now. And it doesn't look that way, but I was just reminded of the need to be faithful in my own life in this way. Sarah, Jen, thank you guys so much for coming and talking about this and just for, for letting the Lord use you in these ways. It's been really encouraging. Um, And we thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time. We'll put the links to the books and other resources we mentioned today in the show notes. We'll catch you next time on TBC Equipped.